I'm not scared to talk to people and, and ask something of somebody, <laughs> which in that scenario alleviated a lot of pressure that I could see a lot of people having. But the worst thing they can say is no. And if you don't ask, you've already gotten a no. So the only way to get a yes is to ask. That's what it is. I just went for it. You're not going to make the, the, the goal or the bucket until you shoot it. I tend to live that way. Just go for it. My friend Ian Yancey joins me on today's podcast. He is an engineer working in the environmental services space, and we had a chance to connect as a mentor and mentee. And what I continue to learn from Ian that you'll hear in this podcast is his zest for life and his willingness to say yes to adventure and yes to whimsical requests that I have for him. So we've got quite a number of stories, and I hope you enjoy this conversation to be inspired to say yes to adventures. Enjoy this conversation with my friend Ian Yancey. Welcome to the Become a Provider podcast, a show about how people bless and protect others and how you can do the same. I'm your host, Justin Thomas. Let's begin. Welcome, Ian, to the podcast. Thanks for taking some time out of your day to do this. I know you said it's a late night, early morning, so props to you and welcome to the podcast. (laughs) Thanks for having me. I like to ask my guests to sit back and relax while I tell a really cool story about you and how you provided for me. And this one is great. I mean, but, you know, before I share the story, what were your thoughts when I called? Did you have any idea of what I was gonna ask or you answered? Oh, there's no way you could ever anticipate this question, ever. Whenever Justin calls, you have no clue what to expect. You don't know what the, the underlying uh, reason is. You just, you just know the answer, because it's gonna be fun. And he either needs help or he's uh, looking to, to just spend some quality time. And so I was like, hey, it's a win-win. I either get to help him or he's going to help me. So I'll pick up the phone and I'll let you take it from there. I was in some need. I needed a provider in my life because we, as uh, we shared in a previous podcast, my wife and I during COVID become cattle farmers. And we had a tough situation where we had a couple baby calves die just out of the blue. And that's unusual, obviously. And even though we're rookie cattle farmers, we're like, this isn't good. And we contact a vet and the vet comes out to the farm and says, you know what? Like, I think you should get an autopsy. They call this necropsy in the world of cattle farming. And there's a place in downtown Raleigh at NC State, and you should drop it off there. I thought, okay, that's a good idea. And typically, they just accept this specimen, and they help you transport it into their office. Well, this was Martin Luther King Day, national holiday. That business is closed, but they said to us, well, good news. We've got a freezer, and you can put this calf, the dead calf, into the freezer and drop it off if you can get some help, because there's steps with it. So I'm thinking, okay, I've got a lot of great friends and relationships in my life. And Ian Yancey is going to be one of the first ones that I call and likes to get his hands dirty. And he, he, he lives around the Raleigh area and even worked there. And so that's when I called you out of the blue and props to you for saying, yes, I will help you carry a dead calf up some stairs into a freezer completely out of the blue in like, this was the morning too, like during a work day and work week. And so I think at that point you said you had, you just happened to be just like a mile or two away from where I needed to meet you. <laughs> yeah, completely random, completely random. It is one of those scenarios we've been working from home for, and still are, but I've been working from home for at that point, 10 months or so. And it was actually one of the odd days that I was having to swing by my office, which was really close to where you needed to, to be at about a half a mile away. So I just said, sure, let's do this. I had my gloves already in the truck. I was already wearing my boots and my long pants ready to rock and roll. And 
here comes Justin in the in the, uh, the farm minivan. And I, well, when I saw that, I was wondering, okay, what? <laughs> and uh, so you back up to the loading dock once we figured out what's cooler to to get into, and it's a sad situation, but. I don't know how you could uh, be prepared for that on a work day at 10 a.m. Oh, it's just classic. It was it was a great story and a, a testament to what will be a fun part of our conversation of investing intentionally into relationships. And you never know when this is going to come back and bless you with having someone <laughs> uh, help carry this this dead calf. And I remember when I opened up the back of the van, you said, "Oh, that's that's not a baby. Like that's a calf. <laughs> so it's a, l- a little bit a little bit heavier and more." Uh, intense than you're expecting. So thank you for, that's my quick intro and to thank you for providing for me in a practical way and to honor you just being on speed dial and showing up when I really needed it. And it all worked out. You know, they were able to do their their work at NC State and give us some more valuable information about our calf. So thank you, sir. And once again, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you again for having me. This is, this is a pleasure. We always have fun stories every time we uh, spend time together. So this is there's another, another one. That's right. Because another story that I wanted to highlight was, it reminds me of when another time I called you out of the blue to say, hey guys, you know, we're part of a men's fellowship together, which we'll chat about. And another great story that I have of you is when I called you and said, hey, we're doing this serve and neighbor initiative and we're helping this lady move. Would you be willing to show up? And what do you remember about that story and that request? It was kind of a last minute thing. And, uh, you had asked if someone, someone, if anybody wanted to help you take on and spearhead this uh, portion of the initiative, which was to help a, a friend move that you had become connected with. And, and I said, sure, I'm down, I'm available. Let's do it. And, uh, I guess through the course of trying to organize it, other guys couldn't, couldn't uh, be present to help out. So me and you, uh, I guess you were already there, and I pulled up, and all I see is a like a 15 foot U-Haul, and you standing there ready to do this thing. And uh, so, me and you over the course of the next what three or four hours, whatever it was, we we loaded this entire U-Haul, and then uh, where we were able to call in some reinforcements, we had a, a buddy, another buddy of yours help us unload, but. Uh, and it was just a great opportunity to provide for a lady that would not have had the means or physical ability to do what we did, just of sheer manpower to move all that stuff um, so that she could she could uh, relocate where she was living. But <laughs> I don't even know. You can't put words or something like that. It's like, okay. See, Justin's always getting into some mess whenever, you, uh, whenever he gives you a call. Yes. And so let's dive into... What has allowed you to be that guy that is the reliable friend who I can just call and say, hey, I've got this crazy need, <laughs> this crazy idea, whether it's serving a lady in need or myself with this cattle farming adventure, for you to show up? Where does that come from? Was that a previous example? Is it something that you've tried to be intentional in your life about? But developing that trait of being there for someone in need, where does that come from? Dive into that a little bit for us. A little bit twofold. I think they, they coincide together, but I want to be present for people and I want to live whimsically. And the, the best way to do that is just to be a yes man and, and to figure out how to take needs and fulfill them with these whimsical stories of what we just went through on the cattle and helping, helping somebody move. And the best way to serve is to just be a yes man. And 
and try to live through that. That's what I've been trying to do. And, and to think through the lens of whenever and it is, it kind of goes to a bigger picture of living life is how to uh, make decisions in general to be a yes man, unless there's something really obvious, no, like definite not. But whenever you're in that scenario where you find yourself debating whether to do something or not is say yes. And then if God doesn't want it to happen, he'll shut the door. Just living through that kind of motto, I guess, really helps me, I guess, ultimately capitalize on some of these great opportunities of, and stories, a way to serve and to be there and be present for people. And, and what was your aha moment to say, life's going to be a lot more fun if I just say yes to these whimsical opportunities? I could definitely say a, a book that reinforced that was Bob Goff, uh, Love Does. And that definitely reinforced that philosophy for me. But I can't really think of an aha moment that just happened. It was just kind of a, something that was developed over years of figuring out the type of man I want to be and uh, the type of lifestyle I want to live and the character I want to have as a man. And just going from there, just putting a pen to paper. Oh, and we do have some good stories thanks to that strategic decision that you've made about your lifestyle. And I got to say that firsthand as well. So how we connected was through a, a friend of a friend where going on that theme of you really thinking to yourself, how do I want to live my life? And what's the man that I want to become? So take us back a few years ago before we connected and the place that you were in your life to say, hey, I'm kind of looking to make some new connections. So walk us through that moment in your life. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll come and well, I guess relatively a fresh out of college, trying to gain uh, some some land legs in the real world. And I came from a college ministry where we were really intentional and, and did a lot of life on life living and pouring into each other. But after college, you have friends move, things change, life circumstances change. And I had gotten married out of college uh, fairly swiftly. And um, just that community looked really different. And and I was, I was looking for that style of relationship where someone was willing to really invest, not just have shared experiences, but invest in me. So I had heard about a gathering that, that happened in, that uh, used to happen in Raleigh with the Inklings. And I said, hey, that sounds like a really cool opportunity. And it's where uh, local businessmen and uh, just a community of believers that aren't necessarily connected to a particular church or anything, but just believers in the area come together and listen to a speaker that's organized. And at the end of the meeting, I, I approach uh, that mutual friend, Brad, Brad, and asked him, I said, hey, this is cold, completely cold turkey. I had no clue who Brad is at all. Um, it's through later conversations with you and him kind of figured out he was a he was a little bit more of a businessman, a startup guy in, in, in Durham, but um, that's how he knew you. But anyways, I asked Brad, I said, Brad, I'm looking for somebody to invest in, in me and to mentor me and, and, and kind of disciple me. You want to have lunch? You want to sit down and talk about it? Like I was, I, maybe you or somebody you know? Um, and he was like, well, I don't have time, but I know a guy. <laughs> so that's how me and you got connected. You were that guy that uh that brad knew and uh he forwarded sent me an email and and digitally introduced us to each other and then through the chain of emails me and you end up at red robin eating lunch, eating burgers together and uh embarked on a whole nother uh adventure walk us back to that moment too of you took a big leap of 
being at that meeting for one, but like having this secret mission of, man, I'm looking for a mentor. I'm looking for someone to pour into my life here. And then to go to the host of that meeting and ask him, were you nervous? Were you afraid? Did you have to like give yourself a pep talk for those that haven't done that and need to overcome? You know, do you remember that moment at all or any tips for our audience to just make that ask very directly and intentionally? I have to admit that going into it, I'd already made up my mind. That's what I was there to do. I was on a mission. Uh, so that, that definitely made it a little bit easier. Uh, I have an outgoing personality anyway. I'm not scared to talk to people and, and ask something of somebody, <laughs> which in that scenario alleviated a lot of pressure that I could see a lot of people having. But the worst thing they can say is no. And if you don't ask, you've already gotten a no. So the only way to get a yes is to ask. And that's what, that's what it is. I just went for it. You're not going to make the, the, the goal or the bucket until you shoot it. I tend to live that way is just go for it. And then what were you hoping to get? Like what transformation were you hoping to get at that stage of your life? You said that you're looking for maybe, you know, more uh, community experiences. Um, you know, what were you hoping to get from, from that ask? I was, I was really hoping to find someone that was in the next stage of life than me. I was at that time, I was newly married, uh, no kids and fresh out of college, looking for community, looking for someone to, to kind of steer me in the right direction because I'm in a new life scenario. I'm, I'm working nine to five, living in a city that I'd only been going to college in. So I didn't really have my bearings quite yet on what day-to-day life looked like and how, to, how I can most intentionally spend my time in, in the city, in, in Raleigh, and what life could look like in that area when you live intentionally. There's a lot of resources in Raleigh, and, and I feel like I was wasting them away, you know? There's surrounded by so much hustle and bustle around you, but you don't know, if you're not connected, you're, you're doing yourself a disservice. I had just finished a, a men's fellowship group with Brad under Tim Oakley, and both of those guys have been on the podcast as well. And then also I've been mentored by uh, someone that has mentored both of us, and that's uh, John Hawkins through Leadership Edge. And so I was thrilled and honored. You know, there's a moment where you get a chance to see someone really want to grow as a man, as you want to do some personal development work. And he just reached out. I was like, sure, man, let's just grab a meal. And I had no strategy or plan. We just grabbed some burgers together and we started uh, meeting every so often, which was, which was wonderful. I mean, that's, that's what I remember at least. And uh, just kind of winging it with you. So it was, you know, from my perspective, it was a great honor to be asked. It was a pleasure you saying yes. <laughs> and something stands out. One of our Red Robin meetings actually was we'd been meeting for a few months. And at that point, uh, my father passed away and I remember we had a meeting and it was like, just as I came back and I, I tried to be as a, you know, present during that meeting with you. And I just remember thinking like, let me just see what's going on in Indian's world first. And then before I just unload, like, this is what's going on in mine and I don't really know, uh, next steps. And so I just remember, I remember that lunch, you know, more clearly than, than others. And, uh, you're really gracious during it as well. I remember, you know, telling you about my next steps, right? So I said, Hey, I'm going to do a career transition. I'm going to step away from my work and start at this nonprofit. And it's going to like take all of these other mentoring experiences and things that I found valuable in self-development and growing my faith and becoming just a better person in general. And I was launching this and I was starting my very first group and 
I didn't know if you'd be interested in it because if you had enough of, uh, of me or not. So uh, take us back to that time when you said once again, yes to another, like, you know, as you mentioned, the strategy of being a yes man of saying, I'll be part of this initial group. Uh, when we had, we were wrapping up, we were kind of coming to a close in, in our stint of one-on-one mentoring. And we had just finished reading, uh, reading a book and to go back a little bit, I was looking for the twofold there. I was looking for that relationship, but I was also looking for the community to find, find my people. And when you asked that question of that, I want to join a group now. I was like, it was a dumb moment to me. Yeah, for sure. Cause that, that fulfilled the second leg of what I was, what I was looking for. And so when you told me you were starting that, I said, I would love to do it. Let's, let's go for it. Where do I sign up? And, uh, we kind of the story unfolded from there, and then you were able to recruit your brother to it as well. That's right. That's right. This is him the invitation as well. Said, "Look, you, this is you need to get involved here. Let's let's come on with me. Let's do this together. We can hold each other accountable and uh, have each other to lean on." So that was really cool. Yeah, and so it was a total of seven guys doing the inaugural class of the Seal Thomas Fellowship. And like I said, once again, just as I was trying to wing it with you one-to-one, learn what does this role <laughs> look like and how do I bless this guy? I thought, okay, we're just going to like take all this stuff and merge it together. And I, I loved at the end of our, our program, right? It was a nine-month fellowship. And I remember one of the guys, I don't know if it was you or a different guy that said, you know, Justin, you'll have better groups, but we'll always be the first group. <laughs> uh, but that is very true. Very true. Uh, you know, it's been a couple of years since we did that group together. And for those that haven't been part of CL Thomas Fellowship or something similar of being an intentional community, you know, kind of like raising the stakes a little bit with uh, investing into it, showing up. What was that experience like for you? It was, I can't really put words to how beneficial it was to get into a community that really cares about you and your growth while also raising the stakes, like you said. To, to holding yourself accountable because a part of the fellowship is, is reading through pretty much a contract of, to yourself and, and to your wife is when you start this, you're going to finish it. And there's very few things that require that level of commitment in today's world. It's easy to sign out or sign off, to log out, to get away and to retreat back to your, your shell. But with, with your group, this fellowship, it, it stripped away all that. It said, we're not going to have that log out, sign out mentality. You're, you're, we're locking in and we're biting in, but we have a timeline on it. We're not expecting you to do this for eternity. Can you give us nine months of you being intentional and, and going forward with this group of people? So when you set a timeline on something like that, it really makes it not as intimidating because I could see where, oh man, I can't. There's no way I can commit years of my life, but to connect, to commit this phase of life to this group of men was really beneficial. One, it proved to myself that I could do it because that's part of the question is, can I even commit this? Can I even fulfill this? And you had, I'm sure we all had when anybody that signs up or is going through something similar, they're going to have uh, some question probably in mind of, can I do this? And just like when uh, you've completed and I've completed physical challenges before. Yours have been in the nature of uh, go ruck or or through your morning F threes of can I really complete this? But when you think about it and when you're in it, a lot of it comes down to heart and 
whether you can really push through that hard moment. And that's when you really learn who you are. When you get to that breaking point and you boil, everything else is stripped away and it's basically boiled down to you and the decision of quitting. What are you made of? You know, what, what really is the substance of what's left when you're at that breaking point? And, and I, I, I really enjoy that situation that because I've learned a lot about myself, the reason I enjoy it is because I've learned a lot about myself in the decisions I make in that scenario. Yeah. And for you, one of those hard things is just reading a book a month, you said, like you, yeah. hadn't, you hadn't you know, done that discipline, right? And so just having that discipline, just say, hey, can, can I finish a book a month? Exactly. <laughs> well, you did it. And thank you for being part of it, recruiting your brother to it and being the inaugural class of the Seal Thomas Fellowship. And it's so fun to have this conversation with you because you saw it from the beginning, right? Because of your intentionality of saying, I'm going to find a mentor, you go for it. One guy pawns you off to me, <laughs> you endure me for a series of months. And then once again, you just make that decision, going back to that theme of saying, you know, being a yes man in a positive way to whimsical experiences to sign up for the first group and be part of that, <laughs> right? And to help me formulate this and come up with the the provider wheel and have a little more structure after the fact and, and just, you know, leaning into things that weren't maybe natural at the time with you, with reading and showing up and committing, like you said, like, can I do this? And you did. So congratulations. Once again, it was, it was so fun to have you part of that first class. <laughs> it was a blast. It was a blast. It really was. Take us more recent now of you, you mentioned it, you reflected on you grow in those hard moments and those hard decisions as much or as little as you want to share. What, what's been a, a recent hard moment that you found out a little bit more about yourself? Yeah. So recently me and my wife have uh, made the decision to move away from Raleigh uh, to a more rural area of Laurenburg, North Carolina. It was a decision that we, or it was a scenario that we had been thinking through for a while, but it really didn't come to fruition or come to uh, urgency to actually make a decision um, until we got the opportunity to purchase a family home. Um, and and when, when that opportunity came up, it was uh, one of the things where we either made the decision then to go for it. And, and just really grabbed it by the horns and went for it or kind of sit back a little bit and just hope that the opportunity would come again. And, and that kind of goes back to being a yes man and through a lot of prayer and a lot of time of God and conversations with each other and mentors and everybody in our life, really, of man, it's a huge decision to move hundred miles from Raleigh and to be away and disconnected from the, the life we had built there and trying to figure out if we wanted to do that, especially with how happening the Raleigh area is right now to move away from that. That was a really hard decision to make, but we knew long-term that we wanted to live on some, on a bigger piece of land and, and to, to have that lifestyle to have the ability to, to bless others through that as well. Um, and this, this happened a little bit quicker in life than we had, we could have really thought that it would happen, but it came about in the time of COVID with, and there's not really anything good that's come out of COVID, but the one silver lining that helped this scenario was the ability to work from home and work remotely. I'm an, I'm a civil engineer and the civil engineering world is more old school where you're, 
your nine to five in an office. So they really weren't, they weren't as progressive. That work field wasn't as progressive as the tech companies that you're more used to where working from home was a very natural thing. Uh, you're, everybody's just logged in on the computer, but uh, through COVID, my company transitioned to fully remote uh, back in March, 2020, most like everyone else in the world. And, and that allowed the opportunity for the company to see that we could do well and we, we could maintain and even grow working from home. And when that was kind of proved, it told me like, maybe I could do this and still keep my job and, and go out and, and chase this dream. And we decided, well, let me, when we were thinking through this as well, we, we asked a couple of friends, a couple of the friends that we asked their couple and we said, we've got this opportunity. We're really, really, it's weighing heavy on us. We don't really know what we're going to decide yet, but this is the, this is the opportunity at hand. And they, they looked at us and they were like, why are you even debating this? This is, this is a yes, like duh moment. You need to do this. Like, why are you, why are you even debating at all what you're going to do? Um, so that, for me, that was kind of the aha moment of, you're kind of right. Let's just go for it. Why not? And we're young. Like we can recover if anything goes sideways, like we're going to be fine. And, and through that and through praying with God and just thinking about if I, I do, I think back a lot when I think about this scenario, I've reflected a lot on the uh, Matthew six passage where he's talking about not being anxious and it's saying the Bible is down to God's going to provide for the birds. How much more does he care about you? And is he going to provide for you? So if you have any worries about if something's going to work out or not, I just, I just leaned on that and just said, God's going to provide. And if in a situation doesn't pan out, then it'll be okay. We're going to find our way out and we're going to go for it. So we, ended, we decided to go for it. And so we recently, within the last month, we, we actually moved um, uh, down here to Lauenburg and it's been great. We've, we've really enjoyed it. There's definitely been some growing moving pains of missing the amenities of, of the triangle and, the food options and, and our friends and the community that we had there. But through that, we also have the new opportunity now to bless people by bringing them down for the weekend and give them the, giving them the rural experience and, and the new life that we're living. So uh, it's been a lot of fun. It's been a whole lot of fun, but all that to say, it boiled down to making one decision of whether to do it or not. And I think it's kind of, as we're talking here, it's, evident that's kind of a characteristic of mine is just to be a yes man and uh <laughs> and we, we're going for it well I, th- I appreciate you sharing that too because while the listeners knew how that decision was going to end based on our conversation <laughs> and the previous decisions that she made at the moment you didn't know it i mean you were genuinely asking your wife and asking your friends what should we do because you were at a crossroads like you weren't sure if you're going to say yes to this opportunity no we didn't we really didn't but it seems like it all boils down to the same answer. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and that's why it's you know important to have those positive voices in your life that you trust and to challenge you to say, you know, you're just being fearful. Like this is you and this is obvious to us. Uh, you know, to have those voices is just critical. It's so fun to reflect on the stories that we have together through the adventures. And I hope it inspires others to say, like, what if you do say yes to some of these opportunities? And 
through this recent move, I'm sure there's, as you mentioned, there's been some hard moments and stressful moments and realizing, hey, we're in the country. Like we don't have, we can't go to any restaurant anymore. Or, you know, where's our friends? And they're a hundred miles away. So how are you trying to, and maybe this is like real-time processing. How are you trying to provide for yourself during this time of uncertainty and new adventures? And there's a lot of excitement. And at the same time, you may be realizing like, hey, you know, I need to be intentional with providing for myself so that I can overcome these new challenges. Yeah, so right now we're, actively searching for a church family and trying to find a body of believers that that we can that we can grow with that will invest in us so we're right now every sunday we're going to a different church testing it out and trying to find one that fits us and so that's that's real time that's happening right now we just decided last night on the on the church we're going to try this weekend um and emailing back and forth with pastors and, and trying to figure out what's the what's the best fit for us uh, but and also, I think a lot of it, too, is to remember that we do live in the 21st century and our friends don't have to wait for uh, a mailman on a horse to give them a letter. And we've got FaceTime and we've got cell phones. And a lot of times anyway, even though we found ourselves really close in proximity to that community in Raleigh, there's still just a phone call away. The phone lines still come down here. The, the blacktop still connects driveways. And it, we're we're away, but we're not away. And I think that was a big part is to remember that we weren't dying by leaving. You know, we weren't we weren't just ceasing to exist and not going to see anybody ever again. It's just oh, it's just going to take a little bit more effort, and we got this. We can still have friendships of people that are long distance, which was something that that neither neither of us had really done. Um, through college or in high school or had to do really with family living long distance. So that's been a, a growing pain for us that we're, we're taking on. Yeah, you are. Well, I, I hope you found this to be beneficial because I've seen a lot of themes and just articulate like, you know, your, your lifestyle and how you've been with it. So as we close up our conversation, is there any encouragement to the listeners about those that maybe aren't as outgoing as you, maybe haven't said yes to many opportunities and they can, they can do what you've done, right? And it may not look exactly like it looks, but they can enjoy that lifestyle, live that more intentional life. And so what encouragement do you have for others that haven't said yes? As we close, I'll mention this uh, cheesy meme that I saw. And it said, when you're sitting back, when you're, when you're 85 years old, what do you picture yourself doing? And to get to that point, you've got to connect some dots. You're not going to just all of a sudden turn 85 and all those things be true. Like, what are the characteristics when you're 85? Do you want to have a bunch of mentees? Do you want to have an impact on the world? There's got to be some middle steps that happen there. Do you want to be living in a certain place or uh, be doing a certain thing, let's say sitting in a rocking chair, or do you want to be top of a mountain or sitting at the beach, or do you want to be sitting in your living room with a ton of family? All those kids don't happen just all of a sudden. Uh, you got to connect the dots there. So live in that way to and just come to the realization that those dots get connected by saying yes. And they get connected by you doing something about it. Because we have one life to live, one, one life to glorify God and what we do. Yeah, I just want to say thank you. We would have never connected if you just weren't being intentional in your life. And hey, I'm so honored by that to say, gosh, you know, thank you for living your life in that way of going to that meeting with that agenda to say, I'm getting that mentor and, and then saying yes to the opportunities that I provided you and to just be genuine and authentic. And it's been so fun to see you grow. It's been so fun to be part of your story in that small way. And 
of course, thank you for just showing up in such practical and funny ways as we've talked about, because that's genuine relationship. So thank you for that, Ian. You're welcome. And thank you, Justin. Thank you for living intentionally as well to facilitate that scenario. Because if you weren't intentional with the way you wanted to live, I would have never found that pocket to fit right in. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to this episode. Before you take off, I wanted to ask if you would enjoy getting a short email from me every Wednesday called A Kind Word. It provides a little positivity to help you get over hump day. It's free and shares highlights of things that have brought me joy over the past week. If you want to start getting a kind word from me, simply sign up at justinthomascoaching.com by entering your email address and you'll get the next one. That's justinthomascoaching.com. Thanks again for listening. Bless and protect.